This is exactly right. Adulting is hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. If you want to hear more about ways you can actually live your best life, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways you can improve your life. This season on How to Be a Better Human, learn how thinking about death can actually make your life happier, why it's never too late to make a change, and more. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. How'd you feel about today? Awesome. Um, It is like going back home right? in some respect every time I do a morning show. So like, oh, yeah, it's what I started to do since I was 19. I've been in the news business. Wow. Well, it was in the news business. Yeah. Because I used to be the editor. Ah. That's how I know Kat. I used to be her editor in 2001. Wow. Her and Terry were my boss. Wow. So what do you feel is like the sweet spot? What makes a good morning situation? I, You know, it's it's, it's a lot of things. It's, it's sort of like walking in New York City or like learning how to drive in New York City or like learning a language. You learn all the rules and then you learn how to break them. Mm-hmm. You understand, like, the pace and, you know, what stories are really important, how to crash something, how to make executive decisions, how to pivot, how to deal with difficult personalities, how to pick yourself up off the floor when a crisis is happening. Um, My first news director, Louis Pimenta, who was so fun. He was a Black dude with, like, a Spanish last name, which is just so wild in South Florida. And he's like, find something you love to do and it won't feel like work. And he also said, um, anytime you get a chance, put brown and black people as B-roll, cut them in. Because, you know, oftentimes we just see black and brown people as a criminal or um, a dead body that we're talking about. And and he's like, you know, people don't even know, but just like let them see. And then another uh, tip was you have to write the news like you're talking to a (laughs) five-year-old. Now that I have four and a half-year-olds, I'm like, I understand now. Yeah. Got to get the vegetables in. So, hey, everyone. Welcome to Adulting. This is Michelle Buteau with Jordan Carlos. And we are talking about morning TV because we just did Good Morning America. Actually, good afternoon, America, because it's GMA three, which is the later show. Um, and if you are curious, no, it does not get yeah. sassy later. But you said something sassy, which I don't remember. What did you say? I said that I noticed that uh, a lot of our listeners want to know if they're okay, like opening up their marriage. You know, I was like, Jordan, drop the bomb. I was like, here you go. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's do it. And everybody's like, buttholes tight. I was like, come on, y'all. That's what they asked. Well, you literally went from talking about your young son being sad about giving his stuffed animals away because he's got to grow up and be a teenager to open marriage. And so, you know, it was a curveball. That's what I do. I throw a slider, curveball, change up, change the speeds. You know what? Knock it back. Are you speaking English? the big leagues. Are you speaking English? (laughs) What in the league of their own is going on? Are you the black Tom Hanks? Listen, I mean, they were grabbing the wrong pig by the ear. I was like, I am going to... Please, if you're listening, don't grab any pigs by the ear. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so nice to see you on morning television because it felt like you were finally getting your flowers. Shut the front. Okay, first of all, stop. You're the one... 
okay, fine, thank you. But also, I'm not the one who walked away with a giant gold chain, which they they draped <laughs> on her shoulders at the end of this recording, which you can see. Um, we will definitely put it on the IG page. Yeah. So it was insane. And it was just like, oh my God, look at my friend. <laughs> they love you there. They love you there. Yeah, I love them too. I have a lot of good friends there. Yeah. When you graduate college, you think that you're supposed to all of a sudden become an adult mm-hmm. and you don't. But it really is like your first job out of college, like your coworkers mm. that you bond with. Those people, especially if they're older people, they have more of an impact on your life and, you know, how you walk through the world as an adult. And so I was so happy that I basically met every Black woman that works in the tri-state area in the local news business because I am still friends with most of them Mm. and like good friends. And like we are happy for each other when we see each other because we know that my win is their win and vice versa. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, shout them out. Yeah. And like, they were so cool. Like Kat and then Terry who... Oh, we name a name. I'm sorry. Is that bad? Okay. I mean, they're... We name a names, honey. We love Terry out here. I'm just saying. It's just like really cool that um, they look out for you, that they want the best for you, that they're trying to put you in a position to to succeed, you know? And they trust like your skills and your and your comedy. And it's, it's wonderful. You know, it's like... And, and guess what? And I trust theirs. Ayo! Ayo! You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it's trust, you know? So just to break it all the way down, mm-hmm. y'all need to watch the whole segment. Michelle and I came out. Michelle was definitely dropping it. Um, I was like deer in headlights, like assist, but you were definitely dropping it. I didn't know how low you would drop. I was like, I she's going to just drop. Yeah. <laughs> gonna drop this. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. I loved it, Michelle. It was from fit to finish. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I love the question that they asked us about what have we learned through adulting, mm-hmm. like doing our podcast. But I was thinking about it on the way home and, and what I learned through comedy, mm-hmm. comedy, mm-hmm. like terrible shows, amazing shows, mm-hmm. empty shows, sold out shows. I just learned how to take my space because I've earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially working behind the camera and now in front. When someone's like, okay, walk out. I'm like, I'm not just walking out, bitch. Yeah. Because I'm not promised tomorrow. So I'm going to give you the one woman show that you never asked for. And half the time people are looking at me. I'm like, can you tell I'm the only child? (laughs) But that's what it is. It's like take space in every moment. Yeah. And I see a lot of people doing it now. And all I'm saying is I don't need a residual check. I just need a thank you. Woo! Man, you need stamps. Why don't you get stamps and stickers? (laughs) I'm tired of it. Stamps, stickers, and fortune cookies. That's what Michelle Buteau needs. (laughs) No more mom schlepping these t-shirts all over the, the country. I don't need any more things. Honestly, I think it's SSFC. Like stamps, stickers, fortune cookers. Fortune cookers. Fortune cookers. I'm doing like you. Goodbye. <laughs> Checking out. See? See what happens when you have to use your brain super early? It gets broke, bitch. Everyone's like, are you drunk? Do you slur? It's like, no. no, I've just been working for 27 hours straight. But you get excited. Like, you want to make a point, and then you'll do this thing, and it'll be like, oh, no. Yeah, it sucks, because, like, my brain will freeze <laughs> or fart or uh, another F word. Or I'll start slurring my words. And you know what's so funny? Yeah. My son oftentimes will stutter because he's like very excited. And I know that his brain is working faster than his mouth can because that happened to me when I was little. Mm-hmm. And when you get older, it's it's not stuttering, it's slurring. 
<laughs> your, your mouth literally can't keep up with how fast your brain is, at least mine. Yeah. Also, comedy is such a great way to diffuse any sort of embarrassment for yourself because I'm just like, ah, it's shameless. It is what it is. Like, I remember hosting a show one time at Comics and my mouth hit the microphone. Have I told you this story before? That happened to you? Mouth hit the microphone. Okay. It's so gross because you're like, ew. It feels like your mouth touched a, a public toilet seat. Do you know what I mean? And I had a piece of rice on my lip after and I didn't have rice for dinner. <laughs> Take your time with that, everybody. Take your time. So gross. Take your time, everyone. Kais just made me a delicious cup of coffee that he's going to give to me right now. Hi, baby. I put you on mute. Thank you, baby. Love you. Uh, let me tell you something. Every time we do this recording, my man Heiss comes in. What's up, Heiss? The Vandermost to the Vandermost always comes in with a little plate. Yeah, he's... A little cup. Yeah, he feeds me. He takes care of me. Oh, and yes. the boo-boo. Oh, with the cream on top. Look at that cream on top. Look at that. Look at that foam. For those listening, you can't see it. It's all good. We got the foam on the top. Oh, my God. That's at least... Yeah. I mean, that's a quarter of an inch foam right there. Did he draw something on that? Um, Sometimes he makes a little heart. Shut the... But I tell you, if you make my cappuccino this creamy, I'm going to eat your cream. Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> so many ways to go with that. But... um. That's that's great. You know, it was really sweet, too. Speaking of supportive partners, mm -hmm. your wife was at Good Morning America with you, and it was so cute. And I was taking a picture of you guys. Literally, they're like pawing each other's faces. I'm like, can you guys not touch each other? And you guys are like, ah, I'm sorry. We can't help it. She was cute. She looked like she was going to do the weather in a minute. I was like, why? It was like, it was so cute. Why were you surprised? <laughs> I know. I was like, she's wearing the Jewel's tones and like, she looked good. She was having fun. She was more nervous than I was. Now, when you bring your partner to something that you've, you're doing for the first time, mm -hmm. does her energy feed yours in a good way where you're just like, I feel relaxed? Or do you feel like you have to take care of her and like host her? It's it's an ambrosia salad. Mm -hmm. There's a couple things happening at once, <laughs> you know? It's like, you know... <laughs> It's an arugula and strawberry <laughs> balsamic mashup. You're like, what's this feta doing here? Okay. Okay. There's so much going on at once. It took me a long time to understand that, like, you know, she wants me to do well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that this person has showed up and they are here for you. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of, like, just getting over myself and, like, my own insecurities to just be like, my wife's here. It's great. You know? Why can't it be great? Yeah. So, like... Yes, I need to make sure that she is comfortable. And yes, I need to introduce her to people. That's a part of it. That's part of the, the program, you know? She doesn't want all the attention. She certainly doesn't. She wants the picture in front of GMA. Take a picture with you. Take a picture and send it to her friends. She's so happy that she had the experience. She's a New Yorker. She's never been in that studio. Mm -hmm. She was like, babe, that you show me all the nooks and crannies of New York, a city I've lived in my whole life. I think that's like really cool. And we were just talking about that on the way back home. And I was like, oh, babe. You know, it's just nice to be able to show them a side of New York that they haven't seen when they're a native. You know, it's it's nuts, you know? So that all is kind of baked into it, you know? I understand. I overstand all of it. Yeah. Because, you know, I am maternal and I'm a host and I want to make sure people are okay and I feed off of energy and that's how you sort of become a good boss. But also, like, you know, it is important to have me time and this is my job and this is my space and let me navigate this and take control of it first and then I can invite you in and then figure out mm -hmm. who to introduce you to even. Yeah. And I think that we're definitely, you are definitely at a place where you can do that. You know, you pick and choose what makes you comfortable. I remember like the first time Kais is like, I don't want to come to your show with you tonight. You go. Because mm -hmm. I would do shows every night and I was mm -hmm. like, 
I don't want to come with me. And it's like, oh, that's not how he needs to show how he loves me. You yeah. know, like I come back home from my show and he has my bonnet laid out on my pillowcase for me. And that's love. What? Yes. Oh, my God. Get you one. Get you one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm teaching him about lotion <laughs> and stuff and edges, even though he's bald. It's great. We just... <laughs> Oil up our elbows before we go to bed. Mm, nom, 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 nom. I mean, it is the kind of sign of an interracial relationship if you see a moisturized white person. Yeah. There's a very good chance that they are in an interracial relationship. So, Oh, white people don't believe in lotion? They think it's like the government trying to steal money from them. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I still put baby oil on my four-year-old kids when they come out of the bath. And he's like, when do we have to stop doing this? I'm like, never. <laughs> never. You always need it. Like... They light, but they dry. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's so funny. But yes, us and our white partners. Anyways, you know what, you guys? This is going to be a very special episode because we have been friends with this guy for a very long time. In fact, I think I met him before I met you, Jordan. What? Impossible. And by the way, now I'm offended. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? I don't know. I really love you guys. I does feel like a trio when we're all together, yeah. even though we all have very separate lives. We all come together and it does feel like... It's serving a fucking Degrassi high that nobody would watch slash everybody would talk about. <laughs> and um, we have had him on the live show. Yes. You know, when we were in hiatus, not doing this podcast. And so he's done the live show. He does comedy. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a host. He's a producer. Mm -hmm. um, he is my Persian pony. He's an Iranian Jew. <laughs> what else can I say about him? He's also an author. Yes. And I'm so excited that we finally have him on the motherfucking show. I'm so sad it can't be a live show, but it's still going to be live no matter what. So clap it up. Look at you. You clap. He's clapping, y'all. Clapping, clapping. clapping it up. Do you have anything you want to say about him before we bring him on? Um, he's got a new book out called Undercooked. He's got his podcast, Green Eggs and Dan. I've been on that uh, a couple times. Loved it. I know you're going to love him. Please give it up for the one and only Dan Adut. Oh. Iran, number one. Is this really one. happening? Iran, number one. You know. <laughs> Iran, number one. Uh, wow. Wow. Oh my god, we're still doing it. Oh, wait, sorry guys, I was on mute. I didn't hear any of that. What was that? Oh, it went. Oh my goodness. Dan K. Hi guys. Am I are we live? Are we doing this or are we just bantering now? We're live. We're so mm. live um, to the people in Times Square. What do you want to say to them right now? <laughs> Wait, can I tell you? I was telling Jordan before you came on. It does feel like when we get together, this is like an episode of Degrassi High that nobody wants to watch, but everyone's talking about. Because I don't know mm. when we became a trio, but somehow we became the trio. Yes. I think that you... I think I was... I'm the glue. I think I independently oh was spoken like a middle child, spoken like a middle child. I am the glue. I am all that keeps us together. I was friends with both of you independently. Mm. And then next thing I know, behind my back, <laughs> you used my glue. You used my glue behind my back. <laughs> we were also getting booked on a lot of like black shows and shit. Yeah, Dan. And you weren't. Yeah, you're not black. First of all, I I was getting booked on black shows. Okay. <laughs> Famously your first show ever that your parents came to, right? Yes. Uh, it was Talent. <laughs> T 
to the comedian whose name was Talent. Oh my God, I remember Talent. <laughs> talent oh my god well yes i mean can i just ask how are you friend how are you doing i'm okay um i'm uh you know hanging in there yeah there's a there's a lot of interesting things going on in the world yeah and i'm also like at the same time trying to be funny and trying to furnish a um a multi-family property that i uh recently purchased and trying to sell a refrigerator on Craigslist. Are we allowed to sell shit on Craigslist when we... That is the most Persian answer I've ever heard. <laughs> In the middle of a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this uh, piece of furniture. Tell us about this item. Yeah, actually, that's the only reason I'm here. I have a GE... <laughs> A uh, 40-inch wide fridge Oh, that is in perfect working condition. Wow. Am I interested? <laughs> I put it on Facebook Messenger. I think Facebook, not Messenger, Facebook Marketplace. I think it's a <laughs> Messenger. <laughs> That's your first problem. <laughs> <I think>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, mom, you want this fridge or what? <laughs> All my relatives are like, do you, they're like, do you need money? Are you okay? <laughs> Is it the stainless steel one that's in your kitchen? Ooh, baby. Or the one that's in the upstairs apartment? No, it's the stainless steel one. But this is in this new property that I got. They left it over. Sure. And I'm putting it on Craigslist and on Facebook Marketplace. And people are recognizing me. And they're like, aren't you the guy from Cobra Kai? Why are you selling shit on Facebook Marketplace? Because there's a strike. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, even if there wasn't a strike, we're not allowed to sell things. We're not. We're, <laughs> I know. Commerce, commerce ends. You know what? There's always like that cool Los Angeles actor, comedian, host WhatsApp thread where you're like, hey, guys, I'm selling this thing or I need like a bedroom for a month. Do you know what I mean? I feel like people probably think you know people and yeah. you do. No, I will sell. I will sell Traeger pellets. To a motherfucker on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Gangsta. For $20, for $20 a bag. Slow down. I hope there's a metal detector in your house. You a gangster. <laughs> Listen, if people are recognizing you, what happens when you internet date? Um, When I internet date? Well, the funny thing is, I feel like my celebrity attracts every person except for the person that I'm trying to date. Oof. I attract... Uh, men from the ages of 28 to 50. Yum. Listen up. I attract children because I was on Disney's Kicking It. We're talking about dating apps, but thank you so much. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not saying on a date. I'm saying in, in the world. No, no, no. I'm just saying the shows that I've done uh, yes. are all either male skewing or children skewing and so I mm. my celebrity does not help me uh, in the dating world at all right it helps me get out of tickets cops love Cobra Kai also we went to Disney World one time and we got treated like royalty because of your show yes that was the falafel fill falafel fill effect <laughs> although now the falafel fillers are I just did a I just did a college show which is what you and I the three of us used to do back in the day. Mm -hmm. I haven't been booked in a college in like 5 years probably and I happened to have these two shows last week. Yo, the falafel fills the falafel fillers are like 18 19 20 now. Like they wow. lost wow. their goddamn minds. That <laughs> you were out there? Yeah, amazing. Cuz also you age well so they're just like Yeah. Do I want to Date Falafel Phil? <laughs> like, that's got to be weird, right? Like, that's why Santa never ages. Hello, everyone. Give me a minute. Dan ages so well that he went from bald to having hair. 
Well, the thing is, I thought I was losing my hair, so I shaved my head because mm. I wanted to preempt it. I didn't want to be that person who looks like they're like holding on to vestiges <laughs> of a youth. Yeah. So I shaved my head, and then I like couldn't get a haircut for a while, and it started growing in. And I was like, wait, I think I have hair. Aww. And... And then everyone thought I got hair plugs. Who did? <laughs> I didn't. Everyone thinks I have hair plugs. A lot of people think I have hair plugs. You're saying like your cousin said that to you and then maybe Mo said that to you, your buddy Mo. And that's it. And no one else has said that you have hair plugs at all. Okay? Don't universalize that. I take Propecia though. I've invested probably $30,000 of Propecia into this <laughs> head of hair. Nice. That's what I like about you. Self-care is not selfish. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's out here. He doing it. Um, I got a pedicure yesterday, which I have not done in 15 years, let's call it. Um, can I be... A, okay. This might be a little racist. Is that okay? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. In this economy? We'll see. Here we go. We'll see. We can edit. My butthole is so tight. What's going on? Uh, I got bubble guts. Oh, God. Is he going to do it? I yelped what was a good pedicurist here. I'm already out. Uh, uh, no. We, no, let's not, let's not. Let's talk about your book. Okay. Let's talk about your book. Why? What, what made you decide to write this book? <laughs> Honestly, what did your dad say when he read your book? Because I think I met your dad once in passing because Dave brought him to like our furniture store opening. And uh, right. It was so funny. When he walked in, I didn't know he was your dad. I was just like, oof. Right. I feel like he knows good furniture, but I don't know if he's going to buy it. And then like Dave came up to me. He's like, that's my dad. He's so cheap. He won't buy anything. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) I was like, I already got the vibe. You know the vibe when you work in sales, right? And so, yeah. What did he, what did he say? What does he think? Well, I'm glad you asked. So I started walking to the pedicurist and it was two blocks away. Oh my God. This whole episode just needs to be called Unhinged because every motherfucking thing. That's Dan, though. From far away, he seems like a normal dude. You get close to Dan, a dude. Okay. Crazy. I know. <laughs> just nuts. I know. I, I mean, this is like the most Dan. Okay, wait. Are there pedicure places that are ru- that are run by ho- like hot Russian women? It was weird to me. I thought something was off. Oh, boy. I thought something was off. Oh, boy. Why wouldn't that happen in Los Angeles? I don't know. I just seemed like a front. It seemed like something was up. And I didn't go. Oh, my goodness. You did not go. We got to bring it black. I don't want to talk about your feet and a Russian woman (laughs) who's trying to send money to her family. This is the last thing I showed up for. I have lashes on. I did a morning show this morning. She did. She did great. I'm a good person. Uh, I'm on my third cup of coffee. We're going to talk about something else because there's too much to you not to. Okay. My book. um, Oh, did Michelle freeze? She did. Oh, she okay. did. She'll be back in just a moment. But I, I really loved your book, dude. Wait, do, why don't you hold this for when we're actually using footage? You wait no. till the, well, no. we're going to cut out? We're going to wait. We're going to wait. And I'll tell you that I loved it again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Trust me this much, Dan. <laughs> we're going to get back on the air and you're going to be all cool. Like, yeah, I don't read shit. Yeah, your book, a little undercooked. I gotta tell you, too, I would never. Come on. We loved your book, bud. And Michelle, you had a question. 
I don't really remember because I froze. It's so funny because I froze, but I could also hear you guys talking about me. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I'm Kate Hudson in the skeleton key where I'm just like, I hear you. You know, like the spirit <laughs> takes over your body. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here. So you, you were asking about my book and what my dad's reaction was. So just real yeah. briefly, my book is a comedic food memoir mm. in the style of like a David Sedaris book, but about food. Not my words. The reviews, the reviews are in. Wow. Compared himself favorably to David Sedaris. Okay. Yes, the reviews by my mother are in. And oh my God. But anyway, it's like it's also like a big, a big homage to my father and my relationship with my dad. Yes. Um, and I was expecting a grandiose kind of, oh my God, thank you for this. This is amazing from my father. And all I got was he sent me an email because there's a story in it that has some scatological elements and I'm not into scatological humor whatsoever, but like you couldn't get away from it in the story. And my dad just wrote to me and said, good book. Don't talk about your shit. (laughs) Wait, your baggage or just like (laughs) just your poo-poo? No, just my poo-poo. Oh, my God. I spent two years writing an homage to my father. Oh, my God. I mean, that's just immigrant stuff. I mean, Michelle and I talk about this a lot. Yeah. We will never get the praise that we want from them, which is why we keep going. Because <laughs> we're like, I know we are under the wrong impression that one day we will get that praise, even though we never will. But man, does that drive us, or at least me. Yeah, it's the same as being a middle child, Jordan. <laughs> you get it. Yeah, I mean, Dan is actually a middle child in an immigrant situation. So it's even more compounded. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. He's an overachiever. And doing a job that is very unacceptable to immigrants, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's a trifecta. Yeah. Which also is nice because then no one can like say anything, right? Like they can't say you're doing it right or wrong because they don't know. We're just out here figuring it out for ourselves, right? Well, that's the thing. You have like the two extremes, right? Like I have my friend's parents who are like very heavily invested in my career and they will just like ask me like all these inside baseball questions. And I'm like, oh God, now I got to answer all these. Or I have my parents who are the complete opposite and they're just like, what do you do for a living again? I know. (laughs) It's like a cute hobby. Yeah. Yeah. It's one extreme or the other. And I don't know. I don't know what I'd prefer, but you get what you get. when you go on a date with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. You're in your 40s. How much do you have to talk about yourself? How much information do you have to like really give somebody dating in your 40s? Do they want to know right away if you've been married or engaged or live with somebody or have kids or pets or if you're allergic or your food allergies? Like, are you guys like getting to all that right away when you're dating in your 40s? Or is it just like a c'est la vie situation? I don't know that I sense like a big difference. There's definitely a little bit of like, were you married? Were you engaged? Were you this and that? Mm -hmm. Which I was engaged. So I got that. I got that under my belt. Yeah, you do. I can bring that to the table. I remember. I was there. (laughs) You guys are both there. We love you. What what does we love you have to do with it? I, I don't know. Just, Jordan, just know that you're supported. No, just know I that you're supported and we love you. Jordan turns everything into a fucking AA meeting. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm just. Yeah, I do. Because I have to get through this. <laughs> I have to get through this too. I'm Al-Anon and you're AA. Okay. So I have to get through this. All you right. Are lo- you are loved. Wow. You are loved. You are seen. You are seen. You are validated. You are enough. Yeah. <laughs> you are enough. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't. Oh, before you tell us, before you go on, mm. let me tell you something. I love you. Now continue. Oh my God. No, go, go ahead. No, please go Why? ahead. No, please go ahead. I just want to. Oh my God. I just want to be clear. Okay, please. I don't know how you say I love you, but it makes it about you at the same time. It's a, a very confusing place to be living in. Because I don't put the emphasis on you. I say, I love you. Jordan Carlos <laughs> loves doing therapist cosplay where he dresses up like a oh, therapist. So good. You'll say something like, hey, Jordan, oh, fuck, I want to get lunch. I don't know if I should get pizza or a sandwich. And he'll be like, where do you think indecisiveness started in your life? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Jordan? What should I get? Pizza is that like, were you not validated your feelings as a child? So you're just left. I'm like, dude, am I getting a pizza or a sandwich? <laughs> I get in network therapy. Sometimes I think I get too much and it's got to go somewhere. The energy has got to go somewhere. That's all. I'm sorry. Okay. You. Okay. We have a crisis, but can we? Yeah. Okay. But crisis also means new beginning in Greek. Please go ahead. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I've this already is... paid my taxes and folded my laundry while you guys were talking about this. You know what's wrong? Jordan does that dumb I wake up at five in the morning thing that he's doing that he has to tell the whole world about. And so he's already been up for like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like 4 p.m. for him. And yeah. I just woke up. And Yeah, it is 4 p.m. for me right now. Yeah, go ahead. Jordan's just like had a whole day. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just revving up. Okay. We actually, I mean, we actually did have a day. We just came from Good Morning America. Yeah, Dan. Flex, flex, flex. <laughs> I mean, I'm. it's just facts. Yeah. Flexing facts. This is what happened. Now, what were you going to say? Dating in your 40s. Go. I don't know. It's fucking dating. It's, I don't know. I don't think it's that different. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't think it's that different. Um, th- here's the thing. Well, are you dating age appropriate women? Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah, my client does not have to answer these questions if they will incriminate him. Thank you, Jordan. Oh, my. <laughs> I think she means I think she means in the 10-year range, like around the 10-year range. Maybe 10 years senior and maybe 10 years uh, junior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is that. And then there's, you know, there's outliers as well. I mean, I <laughs> look, in the worlds of Tribe Called Quest, I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, or Haitian. Yes. And Oh, my God. So I don't like to limit, <laughs> limit myself. <laughs> What in the ethnic Joe Rogan is going on right now? (laughs) (laughs) This is like affirmative action, but Joe Rogan, listen. I will say this. I'll never... um, I feel like I know a lot of guys in their 40s who will lie about their age on dates. And that to me seems so gross. I will never, ever do that. Yeah. Well, lying in general is gross. Yeah. Although, you know, it's funny. I've come around to white lies. Okay. Mm. Like, I used to live this life of radical honesty because, like, I read this book and I was like, oh, this is the way you should live your life. Like, just literally mm-hmm. no lying. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like there's a finesse to white lies that can spare someone's feelings in a way that uh, that I think is important. Again, nothing hurtful, nothing too crazy. Not, not like a big lie. Yeah. But, like, you know, if the reason you're breaking up with someone, let's say, is because... Uh, you're no longer attracted to them, whatever. I, like, that just seems like an awful thing to say to someone. I think it's okay to come up with a different excuse or whatever. Yeah, and it's also, like, not what you say, it's how you say it, right? Like, if you are breaking up with someone because you're not attracted to them anymore, it can also be presented as, we're not moving in the same direction. Yes. Or my heart is not in it like it used to. Exactly. Mm. And I do think, like, hey, we went to school. Most of us went to school. We do have a vocabulary. We can use it. 
I think you're absolutely right. We don't have to be so black and white. We can find truth and honesty in the shades of gray, Mm -hmm. which I always like to say, because that's where the love lives and the humanity. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's also great to figure out how to do that, to even speak up for yourself in certain situations, whether you're in a pitch meeting, whether you're negotiating something for yourself, like emotionally or financially, you know? Mm. This has been my journey in my 40s is like figuring out how to get shit done. But, you know, attracting them bees with the honey because like, wow, oh, wow. It is so funny. Like even my light-skinned ass, people are like, she's difficult. Oh, boy, here we go. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I do like to kill them with kindness a little bit because I'm just like, this is what I want, you know? So give it to me. Hmm. Dan, would you ever say that you're like, I don't think you're difficult to work with. You know, or perceived oh, oh to be... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This diva. <laughs> no, perceived to be difficult. I have worked with both of you independently. I, I No, I don't feel like I'm difficult. Who's to... better? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Answer with your eyes. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I'm difficult to work with. And I think that that's part of the reason people like to work with me. But I do feel like there is a... Mm-hmm. There is such a finesse to holding in your rage when you're getting... Like, let's say when you're getting notes that you don't like, Mm. that I've learned from other, like, mentors that I think is, like, again, that's kind of leading into this finesse of, like, a white lie. Like, you know, if you're going to be radically honest, you're going to say something like, that's bullshit, your note is stupid, you're you're a dum-dum, and then you're never going to work again. Yeah, that part. Right. Not to make this too inside baseball, but, you know, I think that does expand to, to life. It's, like, it's so much more pleasurable to just go off the dome with your feelings, but you might leave like a scorched earth policy and then you can't kind of come back from that. Yeah. And then when you do it, it really means something because people know that you're fucking serious. I was just telling Jordan this before because like when we were talking about adulting on Good Morning America, they were like, what have you guys learned from the podcast? And Jordan had a really great answer, which is like, that I'm doing all right, that I'm doing pretty good. But what I really learned in that moment from comedy when she asked me that question was not necessarily the podcast, but from stand-up. Stand-up, I learned how to be a fucking workhorse and to be on my voice and to take my fucking space. Mm -hmm. Like, no one is going to give you that space in stand-up. You have to fucking take it. You know what I mean? Like, the audience isn't going to be like, we got you. Go, go. This isn't America's Got Talent. I'm not an eight-year-old that can sing Whitney Houston. They're not going to do that shit for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If anyone's listening and needs to hear this, it's like, take your space in the most thoughtful way possible. Mm -hmm. Right? What has stand-up taught you, Dan? Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it while you were saying that. I think that uh, the humility that comes with stand-up is really interesting to me, right? <laughs> right. Because like you said, you can be at the top of your game and if your jokes aren't funny, they're still not going to land. Mm. I've seen, you know, Chris Rock bomb with bits. I've seen Seinfeld bomb with bits. And I will be in front of a very friendly crowd that knows me from stuff and I'll try something new and it doesn't work and they won't laugh at it. Mm. And I love that. When else in your life, I feel like we have, we, the, the more, you know, clout you get, the more you're surrounded by yes men, but the crowd is never going to be a yes man or a yes woman. It's just going to, it's, it's always going to kind of be honest. Even with Dave Chappelle. Even with Dave Chappelle. So it's like um, a pretty cool, humbling experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. And I think a lot of actors don't get that mm. because they they don't have like a crowd of strangers in real time telling them how they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not on a tightrope. Yeah. And even if they're acting on a 
on a movie, like they're not in the theater necessarily. Like they're not seeing the actual reaction to their performance, like in real time. Mm. And even with a band, like they have backup singers and dancers and all that stuff. Like, I don't know, with us, there's an authenticity to being judged. <laughs> yeah. That is so raw and so real that I think is kind of a superpower that you can do that every night and put yourself in that position, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I try to tell my comedian friends that go off and try to do other things and become self uh, multi-hyphenates rather because I'm like, you have this this superpower, this experience that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. Those hours on a stage, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Whether they're funny or not, it's still like putting yourself in front of a bunch of people you don't know mm -hmm. to do this thing is fucking crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And I think the 10,000 hour thing that you think of for a comic, you're like, yeah, you need your 10,000 hours to become a better comedian. But there's also 10,000 hours of putting yourself in front of those crowds of strangers, mm -hmm. which is a crazy thing that you're doing. That to me is more insane. It's just like, you know, it's like that fear of public speaking thing. It's like you're doing it every night. And <laughs> I don't know. It's an insane 10,000 hours to get of just like, I can go in front of a room full of strangers and figure out, figure a way out of it. Yeah. Does it make it hard to talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one after performing for mm. so many people? Because you're just like, what is this? I don't think so. I think sometimes it makes it hard to... I have a tough time talking to people who don't have... Not senses of humor, but like are very like the dates that I go on where where people are like I'm trying to say this in the right way. Overly woke? No, not even overly maybe maybe dull, a little dull, maybe maybe overly sensitive to like bits, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Why would you say that?" Or da da da. It's like, "Oh no, I'm just joking." And I don't know if sense of humor is the right word for it, but there's like, are they Dutch people? Because Dutch people are like, "Why would you say it if it's not true?" I'm like, "It's called sarcasm, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Are you just dating Danish women? LOL. <laughs> well, Dan, your love language is sarcasm. So have you found a lot of snarky people like in Los Angeles? I thought his love language was food. That's so interesting how we get different Dans. He's multilingual. <laughs> like between us, Dan loves me despite the fact that I'll be he'll be like, and and this cream comes from a goat's uh, uh, first milking and I'm like get that the fuck out of my face and he's like okay uh all right sorry to share my world with you <laughs> like I love it I'm like tell me about this this grape that these bitches in Italy had to climb up a volcano with their droopy ass Italian titties to get I don't care now I want to support women in Italy getting this grape I don't care I'm like come on let's just enjoy oh, it oh I love it I love a story thank you uh first of all Jordan <laughs> Jordan, stop holding your head like that. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Jordan is like a human garbage disposal. We will finish dinner. He'll walk out. There'll be like a half a pizza. Like, <laughs> like balancing on the side of a garbage can. And he'll just pick it up. On like, a plate. On a paper plate. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes, there is a level of class, Jordan, that you don't rise to. Jordan does love some cooked food. I tell you what, when I was hosting the WGA Awards, I was like a little nervous. I was like, what is this? And I'm like looking around the room to see Jordan's face and my husband's face. And I look down and Jordan is just cutting up his baked chicken. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Literally doing these jokes for the first time in front of people. And he's just like, mm, is that a dobo? I was like, I was like, you got it, girl. And then Amy Schumer was like, you probably want to go backstage and see how she's doing. And I was like, uh-huh, hold up. 
Let me get this dinner roll. <laughs> but the, the chocolate lava cake. I know. You're like, but the bread is warm. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. That is my toxic trait. I do emotionally eat at moments like that. I just, I, I'm like, this will make me comfortable. And so I just like start stuffing things into my mouth instead of talking to strangers. Jordan can be coming home, seeing his home on fire, hearing oh the yells of help me from his relatives. <laughs> and if there's a food truck parked outside of that house, yo, I've, I'm sorry, <laughs> Alina. Figure out a plan B. I can't believe I'm asking this. But only because I'm with friends that are like family. Go ahead. What is my toxic trait? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Michelle's toxic trait. I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay, I know what it is. I I'm going to tell you. I know what it is, too. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Dan, you're first. Okay. I feel like you're not selective enough with the people that you allow close to you. Uh, <laughs> healthy boundaries. You're right. There's some people that shouldn't have access. Yeah, they shouldn't have access. They should be cut out. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably your thing. It is my thing in that it happens, but I don't want it to be my thing anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. But it is very wild because when I'm on stage now yeah. and I do crowd work, I don't know what happens, but I could see people's inner child and I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> I don't know like if I'm becoming a witch or, or being a mom or whatever it is, but I'm like, Ugh. why can't it be both? Motherfucker. All right, Jordan, you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Your toxic trait, after thinking long and hard about this, is that if somebody asks you if you need help, just say yes. Because what it's giving, yeah, most of the time, is just like, it's fine. I got it. And I'm like, I'm like, nah, Michelle, you want us to help you? And you're like slamming stuff around. And I'm like, I'm like, I know. I do want people to help me, but I also yes. want people just to take, just like take the rain. You know what I mean? Because when people help me, they have more questions than answers. I'm like, yes, it could have been done. Mm -hmm. I don't need a conversation about it. I just need you to do it. And so like hosting definitely is a lot of work, but I'd love to do it once I'm in the pocket and everything's set up and done. Yeah. But it's always like that hour before where I'm like, this sucks. Why am I doing this? And then. Yeah. You've got next level executive function skills. Which are like, that is executive, you know, executive function, right? That's just like, you know, how much milk is in the house at all times. You know, how much orange juice you have, mm -hmm. how much gas is in the tank, what we need, how to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And like, I have good executive function, but you have like X-Men level. So it's just like, I need to be told a little bit more. Yes. Than say you do, you know? Yeah. Can I also counter it with a with a compliment? Because you're talking about hosting. Yeah. You are very good at being present at your parties. Oh, thank you. And not not being frantic whatsoever. Uh, you know, which uh, you go to a lot of people's parties and they're just like Tasmanian devils, and you're like, why am I even here? <laughs> uh, you are very good at actually being the centerpiece of the party. Uh, even though there's always chaos going on in the background. Yeah. That's a quality of yours that I'm very, very impressed by. Jordan, why are you making that face? Are you talking shit about me? Is that what you're doing right now? Um, Ooh, does it feel like it hit a nerve? Yeah. Wow. I feel like you're talking shit about me. No, I was giving Michelle a compliment. Why can't I give her a compliment? <laughs> wow. This is so us. This is so us. Wow. You're like that kid. You know how like... Oh, boy. It's your birthday and you're a kid and your parents get you a present, but they have to get your brother a present too. Yeah. <laughs> I need a present too. <laughs> okay. So we got questions from the audience about adulting. We'd like to try and help them out and answer them. Jordan, I think you got the first question. What it be? Here it is. It goes, how can I tell a friend they need to be in therapy? 
without seeming like I'm being pedantic or blaming dysfunction slash failure in our friendship on them. Oh, God. Oof. Dan, how would you handle it? I call saying you need to go to therapy as like step two or three. But step one would be something along the lines of, in a nice way, like I'm tired of hearing of this problem over and over and it not being resolved. Like I think there's probably another solution than just venting to me. Saying that in a nicer way. Right. Making it about like, hey, I want to be here as your friend, but I can't just be um, someone that you just throw stuff at and don't really get anything back from. You're just, you're just kind of being either an asshole, which is one of my favorite expressions, mm. when someone asks you for advice and never takes it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's ways of saying like, this isn't working. Your crutch for therapy, which is using me, mm-hmm. is not working. So maybe let's come up with a different solution and here's a couple providers in your area. Yeah. Ooh, you know what I would do? I mean, I love that. That really is the road to take. I would send two therapists that like either you have been to or like or just think it would be a good fit. And then also like something sort of like spiritual homeopathic or something and be like, well, what about also this acupuncture? So it's more like a wellness pitch. Right. As opposed to, bitch, get your shit together. (laughs) But, you know, because for me, like, I'll try cupping or acupuncture or, you know, a foot massage at a Russian place. I'll try anything if it is relaxing, you know. And I like to say that, you know, self-care is not selfish, so go and get it. Even we were talking about the Soothe app this morning. Yes, because someone we know went through it and we're like, hey, Soothe app, you know what I mean? Like, Yes, someone we know this morning got their phone stolen from them as they were coming out of a taxi. Wow. That is happening, y'all. Hold on to your phones. What were you going to say, Jordan? I was only going to say that I often, when when I have a long conversation that I think it could use professional advice, I just ask, like, are you talking to someone about this? You know, like, that's basically me. And that seems to really work. Is it? It, it works. It works. Because <laughs> it makes you do an inventory. When you ask that question, yeah. people are like, oh, okay. If your married friends are talking to you, if they're in a relationship, they've got issues. And you're like, are y'all talking to someone about this. It's a moment of honesty, for me at least, where you're like, I see you, friend, and I want the best for you. Right. You know, it's funny. I've I've actually done that before, and I've heard back, yeah, I'm talking to you. That's why I'm talking to you. I was just thinking that in my mind. Like, that's what I would have said. Like, yeah, you. But also, I will say, there is a place for friends and family. Like, I don't think all issues should be outsourced to a therapist. I do think there is a place for friends and family. I really do. 100, 100%. Because they do know you the best as is. Yep. And if you're willing to actually listen to their advice, mm. I think that's a really powerful source of, you know, helping get you back on your track. It's just like Michelle kind of just asked us, like, what is my toxic trait? Like, that was like two therapist sessions there that we just like, truncated into, you know, 60 seconds. Yeah. Because she trusts us and she believes our judgment and she trusts that we know her really well and that we would give her like a somewhat objective opinion. I would not do that with most people. Right. You know what I mean? And you shouldn't. You shouldn't. 100%. But I know and love and trust you guys. Come on. Oh, if I had brothers, I would not want them to be like you. You'd be my friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. What oh, is, my God. What did we do? <laughs> Just get it all out. We can't be protective? No, I would have to defend you guys. That'd be too much. Um, <laughs> look at my sturdy gait compared to you guys. 
this is interesting, but I think it's a really important question. Okay. How many cups of coffee a day is too many cups of coffee? <laughs> this is a really, Dan. listen to me. This is a really good question because if I'm working like on set, like an 11 to 14 hour day, mm-hmm. It's just the cappuccino every three hours. And then I realize I haven't eaten and all of a sudden I have a headache. And I'm like, why is my left titty jumping? Oh, it's my heart. Got you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, am I having a panic attack? No, it's it's the coffee. How many cups is too many cups? Also depends if you're drinking good coffee. Okay. Mm. I have strong opinions on this. Let's go. And it's funny because before we started, I was just thinking in my head, like, what are some signs of adulting just in general that I could have, you know, at the top of my head? Mm-hmm. And one <laughs> is <laughs> that didn't come out right, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> I feel like a sign of adulting is when you transition your love for alcohol to your love for coffee. Like, oh. and don't get it twisted. I love alcohol. We're not getting it twisted because no. you get twisted. Yes, I do. Um, I absolutely love alcohol. I'm doing Sober October, which is the equivalent of someone someone sedentary climbing Mount Everest. That's how much I love wine. Okay? <laughs> and... What the fuck? I'm saying I love wine so much. But if I had to choose between wine or coffee, like, and I had to give one up forever, I would definitely choose coffee. hmm hmm It's such an important thing. It's such an exciting thing. How much is too much? That's such a personal question. For me, I have my dosage, my dosage. In the morning, I have a cappuccino. In the afternoon, after lunch, I have an espresso. That's it. Yeah. Whatever makes you able to go to sleep, right? you're good. Yeah. Whatever doesn't right. hurt your stomach. And you know what I don't need? I don't need desserts with coffee in it. I, I don't need that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I don't need that. I don't need, like, a chocolate espresso crumble. I need, like, um, like another cocktail. Oh, I get you. Oh, you're saying the, uh, yeah, the espresso martini has taken over the world. It's the classy Red Bull vodka. It's great. If it's made well, it's delicious. But I don't know how people just drink them all fucking night without poo-pooing their pants. <laughs> like, do a bump of Coke. Do you know what I mean? It's like less yeah. calories. Like, I don't yeah. understand. I love that. <laughs> I read something on Instagram that was like, um, an espresso martini is a Red Bull and vodka that studied abroad and doesn't stop talking about it. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Whoever wrote that understands. So good. <laughs> It, it went so from the good. white, like a white party in Poland to like a Soho house <laughs> in Paris. Oh, yeah. It's too much. Uh, Sorry, I was trying to give it like a journey. But um, I think you need like one good cup if you're into coffee. Hmm. And then anything else besides that will probably be too much. Dan, have you ever just ordered straight drip coffee at a place? Or would that like break you emotionally? What are you talking about? I often do. Why wouldn't I? Oh, boy. Because you're just like, I get an espresso. Feels personal. And then I get a cappuccino. Wow. And then I go get a cortado. Wow. Are you the kind of person that if they work behind the counter of a coffee shop and somebody's like, can I just get a coffee? They'd be like, we don't serve coffee here, sir. And then like, and then they would get an argument with Oh, my God. Oh, my God. First of all, does Dan sound like that in your head? Thank you. And also… You know what's messed up? He totally baited me. I thought he was just asking like a normal question, but he was he was setting up the question to make you, fun of me. I know. For saying that I have That's what love is. That's what love is. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating than needing a good ass cup of coffee and then getting brown water. It makes it really just it sends me. It sends me. Like I will probably drink like like a Chianti from the airplane and get through it with like an ice cube before I can do brown water. You understand? I'm with you. I also feel like 
the, what you order is dependent on the place. If I walk in there and they have a subpar espresso machine, I'm not going to get an espresso drink. I'm going to get a drip coffee. You can tell by the machine if it's a La Marzocca, if it's a Senesso. You can tell these things. Yes. And you need to do the research and do the work, Jordan, <laughs> so that you can walk into a coffee shop and know if you should get drip or an espresso drink. Are you still caffeine-free, Jordan? I am still caffeine-free. Oh, I hate you so much. Wow. How are we still friends? I do have a dirty chai every once in a while. I don't get it. It's so dirty. Why do you say it like that? Can you just <laughs> not do your eyes when you say dirty chai? It is giving <laughs> Craigslist killer. Stop. Dirty chai. When you say dirty chai, it reminds me of this girl I went to school with in college. And her drink was a screaming orgasm. And every time she ordered it, it was like something new and dirty. Screaming. Or- I'm like, nobody... <laughs> Nobody wants to hear it like that. Nobody knows what's in it. No one's screaming. You're probably not even having an orgasm. Yes. This is why you have no teeth. You're like kind of diabetic. It's all Bailey. Like, stop. Look, 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 look. Okay. I don't get a lot of like fun things to say. You know that. Oh, and no. And so like when I go up to the, you know, I go up to the front of the line, I'm like. I, I'm sorry. Dirty chai, please. You know, and then, and then they're like. <laughs> What is a dirty chai? I don't even know what that is. It sounds like... Oh! oh. No, it's... Oh! I've... Oh my First God. of all... No. That's why we can't have nice things. The Southeastern Asian community should be up in arms that this is even a thing. The dirty Someone chai... Someone get Hari Kondabulu on the phone right away. <laughs> a dirty chai, right, is a chai latte with mm-hmm. a shot of espresso. Oh. Now, a filthy chai is two shots. Wow. How do I not know this? Because you drink regular yes. coffee because you're a real man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. We have another question. I can't believe we have time for it. Uh, who knew coffee? So long. Okay. I'm going to ask you because I love you. Oh, boy. This question's for all of us here. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Yes. Just ask the question, Jordan. Ask Jesus. the question, dude. I feel, Damn. I feel ready, and I'm going to do it. Oh, my God. I'm a 50-year-old mother of two teenagers. I recently started dating a younger man, 35 years old, parenthetical. We've been dating for a few months now, and we get along well. The sex is amazing for both of us. I'm worried that one day he will realize that he wants a family of his own and leave me for a younger woman who can give him children. Oh. Am I just being paranoid? Is it too soon to be thinking about a future with this man? Oh. I'm finding it hard to stay in the present. Please help. How long has she been with him, did she say? Um, she says for a few months, and it's going well. She needs to bring it up. She needs to bring it up. Listen, I have Mm -hmm. this gaggle of little cousins who will come to me for advice, and they're great girls, and they're always like, I don't know what this guy wants. And I'm like, just fucking ask him. Like, shit or get off the pot is a very powerful thing that not enough Mm -hmm. people use. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's... Super necessary to be very direct. And if that scares the person, then that then you got your fucking answer. Hmm. Yeah. Don't avoid is the key. Do not avoid asking that question. Because you might also get an answer like, oh, no, I don't want kids. I love that you have kids and I don't have to worry about kids. Yeah. She seems to have a tiger by the tail or something else. Okay, Texas. What does that mean? A tiger by the tail just means like you got something like really rare and cool. We don't hear about this every day. 50-year-old women aren't out here bagging 35-year-old men all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the newness of that, that experience, that that feeling of being beautiful, sexy, 
all that as we get past 40. Yeah. If I can just mansplain women's value, um, then that can- <laughs> Oh my God. I know what I'm doing, okay? I'm aware. I'm staying out of this little uh, monologue here. But I'm actually good at it, Dan. Okay. All right, keep going. He's in the pocket. In the pocket. All right, listen to my TED Talk. So anyway, I hear that in this question. And I would say leave space for there to be an answer that maybe you don't like, but also maybe a good one too. You know, like it could also work out. I love that two men just answered this question because what I'm also hearing, lady lover, is how would a man react, right? And it's sort of what Dan said. Chances are he's probably cool with it because he probably would have brought it up already if he was thinking about a family. But if you guys are having good sex and respect each other, that's the most important, Mm. you know? Bring it up right away, you know? I just asked Dan, what do you even talk about on a first date? Are you bringing that shit up? So if you guys are already like in your little pocket of good sex and vibing with each other... Yeah, that's a good time to bring it up. Just do it right now. Yeah. So, you know, sooner rather than later. Also, good for you for sitting and spinning on a dick on your 50s, bitch. (laughs) I know that's right. Would you say that if it was a 50-year-old man with a 35-year-old woman? Oh! Would Would you say that? But it's different because she could still have kids. She's still viable Mm. by society. So I think they're in it for different reasons and he would probably think of different things, but he's got all the options. Bird in hand for that dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So we ask all our guests, and this has been a like a wildly wonderful and awkward episode. That's us. <laughs> we ask all our guests, what's the most important adulting thing you want to do for yourself this year that you haven't had time to do? And it could be big or small. It doesn't matter. Can I take a guess at what it is? No. Oh my God. It's eating. At the number one restaurant <laughs> on Mars. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then he like laughs at it. Yeah, what an asshole. Um, I was going to say start a family, but thank you, Jordan, for fucking shitting on me before. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only guest I've ever done that to. Uh, Why? Because I love you and I trust you. I want to know the answer to the question. I just I just like busting your beans because I know it's good to see you and I love you. Busting your beans. Busting my beans. Um, okay, I feel like I need to um, probably get a cleaning lady on a schedule <laughs> rather than just letting my place get really dirty and then calling the cleaning lady. Oh my God, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. So you have time to wake up and do your thing yeah. and then you have the full weekend and the full week. Get a Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday's the day. I'm so glad you brought this up. Not me. Because I I let my place go to shit. And then um, when I text her, she gets, she, you could sense the fear of like, what am I coming into? <laughs> so that's definitely one. Um, also getting regular car washes. I guess cleanliness. <laughs> yeah, it's ritual, it's schedules, organization. Like that is something that needs to happen, especially in your 40s, because it, it um, it's one less thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, my car needs gas again. Yeah, it always needs gas. I need toilet. Yeah, you always need toilet paper. Yeah. And to put that shit on a schedule. Yes. Just is like, it just frees up your time to do something else. Yes. Like, like uh, taking the inventory of my wine cellar. (laughs) (laughs) Dan K. Adu, we love you so much. And I hope to see you soon. I love you too. Thanks, guys. Bye. (laughs) 
Man, oh man alive. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even stand up. I'm going to sit back down. It's always just a whirlwind with him. It really is. It's it's a typhoon. Yes. But I love that. And can I say, I did not expect to go into this episode saying, what are my toxic traits to two very <laughs> <laughs> old, near and dear friends. But um, I did. I did. And that was like, yeah. I think that's okay. And I think that friends should normalize those kind of conversations because you can withstand it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I am guilty of what you guys said. Oh, my God. I can't stop doing what I'm doing. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. I'm aware, you know? What do you mean? I'm going to work on myself. I'm constantly working on myself. I also try to give myself credit. But Dan brings out, he's like this little brother who brings out this side of me where I just turn into. I know. A nasty little little elf. I, nasty little elf. <laughs> nasty little bitch. Um, but that is that is um true love in a way that one can only hope serves you because I am the only child, as I constantly bring up. Mm-hmm. And going back to Holland with my husband has always been interesting because everyone sort of like slips right back into their roles. Uh, and so <laughs> when you've been friends with people for so long like that, you're like, oh, okay, this is oh. like, yeah. I mean, I get it. Always regress. Always regress. Ready. Ready. Yeah. Oh, and I'll, I'll fight him again. I'll fight him again. We we tussled in a, in a pile of garbage. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. I do love, um, I don't know, I really love our community. I love working with people I've known for a long time and know are funny and um, Mm -hmm. decent co-workers and also have a decent moral compass. Yeah. And I only say he has a decent moral compass because we never actually got to the pedicure story. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe like drop it in the chat if you know what happened in the pedicure story. If you were like his esthetician, like let us know. Um, (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) We have no idea. Also, I would love to know other people's stories that listen to the podcast of that friend they've had for 20 years that turns them into like the little brother nobody wanted or like yeah. the older brother that always knows better or what, you know what I mean? Just that friend that like, yeah. you can't believe they still do it to you, but it's fun. It's wild. It's weird. Absolutely. The ones that just like activate that part of your brain. Yes. And your personality. Yes. Dan and Duke will always do that to me. My wife is like, you and Dan, oh my God. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah, that's just how I am around him. You know? Yeah. It's sort of like um, if you ever watch any sitcom with a married couple and then there's like the neighbor friend guy <laughs> that's like single that comes over is like, let's watch TV. Well, honey, you promised to take the kids. Look, boy, he's over it. Like that turns into like much. That's very fun. Yes. Yo, what you got there? Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Survival of the Thickest. Yes, the show that you wrote that you can talk about, even though you say you can't. What in the swag bag is going on now? <laughs> I love that little umbrella. Um, <laughs> and I love your show. I love my show, too. Look at all this. Okay, a little pillow, a little throw pillow. Yeah. What else you got in there? So much. I don't know where to put it. <laughs> put it into this show. Oh, my God. Put it into this show. Listen, yes. that's it for all of us. Um, Thank I you. gotta go pick up my kids. I love you, Michelle. You're the best. You're the best, too. Bye. I'm going to go think of your toxic trait and let you know. Bye-bye. Oh. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Jiha Lee. Our associate producer is Christina Chamberlain. This episode was mixed by John Bradley. 
Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from Hannah Kyle Crichton. Theme song and live show DJing is by DJ Don Will. Our live show producer is Marianne Ways. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Photography by Gijs Vandermost. Executive produced by Karen Kilgara, Georgia Hardstark, and Danielle Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. Follow Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show and visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase adulting merch.